Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how's it going? It's going well, how are you? I'm excellent on this Wednesday, November 24th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is the day before Thanksgiving, Indeed. 2021. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. All right, we'll be eating some good turkey, right? Yes. What are you looking forward to the most? Uh, um, I mean, probably the football and the food. Okay, besides the football, when it comes to the food. <laughs> oh, the what food. food. Gotcha, gotcha. Are you looking forward to most? Probably the ham. The ham. I like ham. Yeah. Very good stuff. Good stuff. I like the ham, too. Particularly the kind of ham we got. Yes. It's good stuff. All right. So uh, some things going on in the NFL that we're just going to hit on real quick. Not going to be a long episode today. But uh, let's start with the report out of Chicago. There was a little rumor flying around that Matt Nagy might be uh, on the hot seat and uh, that he could be potentially coaching his last game tomorrow. Uh, But then it looks like maybe that's not the case. Yeah, it appears that maybe tomorrow would not be his last game. It's kind of up in the air at this point where we've seen reports saying that's false. And then the uh, guy that actually be making the decision said privately to the team that he's not playing his last game, but did not address the media publicly that this will be not be his last game. So it's possible that maybe it is his last game and that's just a big cover up. We do not know because we've seen coaches get fired right after Thanksgiving games uh, before this wouldn't be the very first time. And because um, we haven't heard an official report that de- uh, denies this. That may be possibly it could be his last game, and they don't want the media to know about it at this point. I mean, it's really up in the air at this point, but we know that eventually, if this isn't the t- year where they're finally turning things around and getting to the playoffs, Matthew, uh, now you will probably be fired at, uh, eventually here shortly, with it, whether it's next season or after this well, season. Well, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. Of course, yes. And so there's probably something going on there. In the uh, the front office behind the of scenes, the yes, behind the scenes. Hmm. Well, we won't have to wait long to see how they perform those Bears as they take the field tomorrow uh, versus the uh, the lowly Detroit Lions. It'd be a really um, obvious if he's going to get fired if he loses. Yeah, if he loses that game, it's that probably game, over. Then then everybody <laughs> in the world will say, "Please fire him." <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, so it looks like Seattle. You know, Seattle. How far we have fallen from where where we once were. Uh, back in Legion of Boom days and kind of perennial competitive uh, playoff teams year after year. This year, definitely not the case. Um, and uh, it looks like they're getting a bit of a slight as the uh, as the the old television uh, masters are are uh, are switching things around a little bit, and they're going to flex them out of the what Sunday night game? Yeah, the Sunday night game. And they're going to flex in the Chiefs Broncos. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that's probably pretty hurtful to the Seattle team. But at this point, it makes sense because Seattle literally can't keep their head above water at all. Even with Russell Wilson coming back, they're still struggling uh, to win football games, struggled against the Packers. It uh, doesn't really seem like they're on the uptick in any sort of meaningful way. And I mean, I read a report today that Ty Lockett went on Instagram and said, or I think it was Facebook, and said that uh, Seattle's defense is putting one thing on tape and not performing the same way on the field. And Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson both basically said this isn't true and that they're fine and they're on the uptake. And so it seems like they're not really addressing the real problems publicly to the media. And based off what we see on the football field, it doesn't feel it seems like they're affecting anything 
there as well. And so it seems like maybe this is the beginning of the end for Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll in Seattle. Maybe we see Pete Carroll leave and Russell Wilson try to actually seek a trade uh, this year. Do you think year. Pete Carroll would like fire himself? No. Because who's going to fire him? I think maybe he'll quit. I mean, if this Well, that's is, firing yourself. That's resigning, right? You I think mean, he'd quit? I don't know. I think I he know. should. He's pretty stubborn. I think he should. I think yeah, it, he should, but will he? Will he? If Russell Wilson leaves, yes. I think he would yeah, well, say, I'm done. Yeah. But I think Russell Wilson's trending towards leaving because... What's his contract situation? Do you know? No, you can look that up real okay. quick. But I think... I think he just didn't he just sign a contract extension. I thought so. It, it could make things a little difficult, but we've seen superstars push out of teams constantly. Sure, they're they like, go. I don't want to be yeah. here anymore, and they're like, okay, we have no power to stop you, so go on. Um, and they try to seek a trade package, um, and they kind of adjust their deal and whatnot. But it's it's just coming to the point where Seattle needs a fresh reboot with either a new coach. So he's or locked new... up through twenty three. Okay, so be, yeah, he's so got he's multiple two years, years left. In. He's two years in. Well, this is the third year of the contract. It looks like. So there's a couple years He's left. Got two and, more years after this. Yeah, but he, you know, hard, he could, but he could push that for hard. a trade. I mean, yeah, with Russell Wilson, he can make his make whatever want whatever he wants to happen happen. But with Pete Carroll, he needs to he needs to think of the greater good for himself, his legacy, and also for Seattle because I think it's time to move on, find a different coach, and get things kind of back on track. Because, like you mentioned, they've taken a downward spiral. Um, they've made it to the playoffs, but they've not really been the same team for a very long time at this point. Pete Carroll was at the height of his career with Russell Wilson and the Legion of Boom and also Marshawn Lynch and the guys that they had during that era. That was the best time, and I've said it before, he should have ended right at when they were on the down downhill slope at that point. Because now it's just it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's this situation where they just got flexed out of the Sunday night football game against the 49ers. They can't win a football game pretty much at all with Gina or Russell Wilson, even after Russell Wilson came back from the injury. There seems like there's some dysfunction going on behind the scenes inside of the Seattle locker room where one player is trying to speak his mind and he's not really being listened to. It seems like it's the making of a like a rebuild coming here soon to Seattle because we haven't really dealt with the rebuild rebuild in a while in Seattle, but it might be time to finally kind of call it quits. Yeah, and I'm guessing that you know that should happen under a new coach, not under. Pete. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. think it needs to either be Pete Carroll gone. The problem is I don't or... know who. Um, I don't know how this happens because of where Pete sits in the organization, right, the power that he has, the fact that Paul Allen is no longer there, um, and you know I I don't know you know Paul Allen's sister now owns the team. I don't know how involved she is. I don't know how much she even you know cares about the operation of an NFL football team. I don't know you know I, there's I, a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns. So, um, but I'll tell you if uh, if no change happens and. You know, Pete keeps doing his, you know, his thing. I think uh, it's going to be an interesting haul for Seahawks fans. Coaches have a certain lifespan, just like players. Yep. They're good for a while. Unless and they're they called stop Belichick. Then their <laughs> lifespan's a very long time. Or Nick Saban. <laughs> well, yeah. For, there's a couple exceptions to this role, but most yep. of the time they've got a lifespan and at the end of it, they're done. They're moving. Yep. They're going to have to move on to the next part of life. Pete Carroll's hitting that at time. You can tell when the production doesn't match what he's able to do in the past that it's coming to an end. I think either Pete Carroll's going to leave or Russell Wilson's going to leave or both because as soon as Russell Wilson pushes out of Seattle, Pete Carroll's gone. He's basically said that, that I would not be here this long if it wasn't for Russell Wilson. So if he's gone, Pete Carroll's more likely, more, uh, more than likely to be gone. But if, I mean, if Pete 
doesn't end up leaving the organization. I don't know. They they seem like they've hit the cap with Pete Carroll. Like this is the highest we can get to with Pete Carroll. There's really no more ceiling after this. You've given Pete Carroll many many years, but that's the, I think the most complicated thing for Seattle is don't give the next coach this much power that you gave Pete Carroll. Not every coach kind of deserves that, and that's kind of just a special situation where he had the ability to kind of act like a GM a little bit and make some of the decisions inside the draft. And that actually might have hurt Seattle because giving a coach that much power, he was able to decide a lot of draft choices. They skipped a lot of first-round draft choices over the year. That's what Seattle fans have grown accustomed to in drafting later guys. Um, And that's kind of how that things have gone. So that's kind of might have actually kind of just ended up hurting them in the long run because they don't really have any draft capital. They're mostly just get veterans in um, and then bring guys in that are kind of in the middle of their careers and then send them out when they're later in their career and then do the same thing just over and over again. And I think we talked about on the podcast that that system just doesn't work in this day and age of NFL. You need guys that you can have that are veterans, but and also guys that are young that you kind of train up, teach up, and are good in your organization and your skill sets. But I would not be surprised that in the next two, three years, if not sooner, we see a completely different Seattle team than we're seeing right now where most of these veteran guys are gone. Bobby Wagner may be gone after this year. I, I think these guys are going to start retiring or move, trying to move to a different team. Russell Wilson and Ty Lockett, if he, if this is the way things are truly are where he's saying something and then there's like basically saying, how do you know this is correct or whatever? And they're not showing respect. Maybe he'll be gone eventually as well. So I see the grounds are, the grounds are ripe for a um, kind of an earthquake to happen where things kind of shift and then we'll see how they settle after the dust uh, kind of comes down and see where everyone's at but they need to move on past Pete Carroll he's hit his his um his ceiling and I don't think there's much upside to him sticking around for much longer all right so speaking of team rebuilding exercises Robert Sala in uh in New York the coach of the Jets um you know he's he in reflection has, has said that um, you know, the Jets have historically looked for quick fixes to the problems, um, and, and he and general manager are not, uh, are not interested in quick fixes. They are interested in actually executing a long-term plan to rebuild the team, um, and they are working through that plan right now. So please do not let the 2-8 and eight start fool you. Yeah. This is not just going to be another terrible, um, you know, kind of inconsequential year this actually is going to lay the foundation for the future. Yeah, I think what, what that tells me is two things. One, Robert Saul is not going to go anywhere for the next couple years because clearly they've right. got a plan, yep. and the GM has bought in on that plan, meaning yep. he's got some time to figure things out and get things established. Secondly, they need to figure out their quarterback situation because that's going to lay the groundwork for everything. Uh, Elijah Moore, uh, Corey Davis, and the quarterback need to be on the same page because those are the three main pieces that are on offense that are really kind of giving them the most production value. Elijah Moore's kind of turned on in the last few weeks. He's the rookie out of Ole Miss. But now we know Zach Wilson's going to be coming back this week after um, a bunch of shakeups in, in the NFL or in, in their quarterback room. Lots of guys going down with injury sickness. It doesn't matter. They're just kind of going everywhere. Now Zach Wilson's coming back. So I think we're going to kind of see the start of that plan in what Zach Wilson's able to do and kind of how he's able to lead the offense. And is he the quarterback to go down the road of this plan with? And I imagine they were talking about that and they're probably talking about how he's going to be their guy, but he's got to make sure he proves himself and they don't just jump in. 
But with a team like the Jets um, and the Browns a couple years ago when they were pretty, uh, they were struggling pretty bad as well, they had to get a coach that could help them win football games and use the pieces efficiently and productively. This Jets team with Robert Sala could be that team to do it because Robert Sala is such a good defensive-minded coach that he knows the defense really well, and he can help his defensive coordinator make the right plays because he's been there himself. And I think one of those things at the NFL is you can't fire a coach after one year if you want to have a lasting change. With teams that are really struggling, they get rid of coaches, they get rid of players, they do all the sorts of stuff to make quick fixes, like you mentioned, and they're not really putting anything in that um, has lasting impact. You need a team that has a coach for a little while and players and building confidence and building trust with one another. That's how you're going to win football games. And I don't know, maybe the maybe part of the strategy is to lose some more football games and get a good early first-round uh, first draft choice and draft a good player that can also be a piece that you add on to this big puzzle. But I think it's both encouraging and not encouraging to Jets fans because Jets fans are like, okay, cool. Yes, that's good to know that you guys have a plan, but what's that going to look like on the football field? How long does this plan uh, take to kind of fully be implemented? And how long does it take till we start winning some football games and get ourselves into the playoffs? But they have, they just need, they have the pieces. It would seem that they're starting to add the pieces necessary to win football games. They're starting to, take some shape we've seen games where they took some really good wins they've had games where they were coming close to kind of coming back but end up losing and falling short so they look like they're they're getting ready for a massive rebuild but i want to see that rebuild take place before i jump completely on the boat with robert sala i mean uh, before he, when he was first signed i was talking about how i really like his defensive minded ability yeah. as head coach i think that's gonna be really helpful give it time before we kind of get it on the jets two and eight is not a great record but there's still some time left in this season. Uh, they're still they're still looking and watching some things because during rebuild years, these are really the years that they watch their team and say, "Where are we having holes, and where and how do we fix these holes to then execute on that, and then get us to a better position than we are um, than we are right now next season? How do we do that?" And so they're they're watching their team pretty strongly. Clearly, the GM and Robert Sala are pretty uh, tight. They're talking a lot, creating a plan that will be uh, best executed and I mean without these articles we never know that these are happening but we know this there's a plan happening and that there's a there's a reason for all the madness going on right now in the Jets organization I mean I'm I like I want to see teams like the Lions and the Jets and the Browns stay consistently good and start to get up uh, kind of up the hill a little bit and make some progress towards becoming better teams because when that happens it's going to be an interesting NFL where everyone has a chance and there's not these uh, subsets of bad teams, but we'll see what type of plan they have to um, put together and we'll see exactly how they're going to execute on that starting yep. this Sunday. Yep. So tomorrow, Thanksgiving, uh, we've got a full slate of games uh, in the NFL. The Bears take on the Lions from, uh, let's see, 1130 a.m. I guess that's central time. Um, that game kicks off. Then we got Raiders Cowboys kicking off at 330 that game's going to be on CBS. And then the final game, the probably the best game of the day, maybe, Bill's Saints, uh, that is on NBC at 720. So that will be your Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth combination. That's actually some good game. I mean, good games. I mean, the Lions have always been playing on Thanksgiving for yeah, most they years. They play. Everywhere. And this year is probably the worst year for them to play. Oh, nine and one. It's bad. And That's bad. Jared Goff is injured. So that, that game I'll probably watch, but have zero expectations on for the Lions. Maybe watch a little of that parade. 
watch some of the parade during that time. I, I mean, even the, the Bears won't even have – I don't even think they're going to be playing Justin Fields. I think it's going to be Andy Dalton because he injured his rib. So yeah. there's some banged Dalton up time. <laughs> He's back. He's back. And then the middle game's not bad. I think the Cowboys, that would be interesting to see if they can win against the, the Raiders, keep their uh, – well, both teams are kind of playing for the playoff lives, but keep winning football games and see if they can keep the Raiders out. And then the ending game is the game I'm most excited for. You said it was the Saints and uh, Bills, sorry, Saints and Bills. That's going to be a fun game because a the, the the Saints need to prove that they've got what they take to be a, a playoff team, and the Bills need to start winning some football games and not make let these embarrassing losses keep creeping back in like they had against the Jaguars. But based off of name teams like teams that are on the map this will be a fun game to watch but yeah i mean overall it it always seems like for thanksgiving the games get progressively better as you as the day goes along and it seems like this is no exception so uh yeah i mean like i said the the games will get uh, increasingly better yep but i watch all of them anyway yep and we'll get increasingly sleepy as we eat yes yep (laughs) all right cool awesome good hanging out yeah always fun appreciate it listeners thank you for listening if you haven't subscribed you know what to do subscribe talk soon see ya see ya god bless and happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving